You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Now, uh, speaking of this traffic, of yeah. apocalyptic uh, levels here, Kenny. Yeah, apocalyptic Biblical. constipation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Collar is uh, live tweeting from Stop Traffic, ranting, yeah. ranting That's right now. Doing him a lot of good. Too. So he came from Buffalo. He said, "I don't know why you guys like two inches of snow." He's right. Yeah, he's right. Get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Gasol left elbow gives left wing for Evans. Evans turns the corner back to Gasol. Rolling to the basket. A two-handed jam for the big fella. Oh, like they've been playing together for years. Evans and Gasol execute a high pick and roll beautifully. Our defense in the first half hurt us uh, badly. And then I thought it was a little better in the second half. And then uh, we didn't come up with loose walls at the end that probably could have separated the game. What they were trying to do is double team cat, and so we try to play off of that. And so, oh yeah, um, by not giving you know, him the ball. Did, I That's he exactly good, what you're saying. Yeah. Did a good job tonight getting the ball out. Um, then we had the pick and roll game, and uh, you know we missed some shots at the rim. So we have to, you know, again, so you get the ball in, into the post off your triple penetration, pick and roll in the post. So we just have to finish better. I'm confused by something. I thought the Wolves hired an elite NBA defensive-minded coach. I didn't realize that they actually acquired the the services of Eeyore because he's Eeyore. Well, that shouldn't be that shocking. He's Winnie the Pooh's Eeyore. He he was Eeyore in Chicago Mm -hmm. as well. Um, There's so many places to start with this Where do you want to start? This is more your team than my team. Where would you like to start? Well, and I'm not even like... I've been outraged a few times this year, Wiggins. I'm not even really outraged. I'm very, very matter-of-fact after watching that game, especially that game last night. That's a team that lost 11 in a row, just fired its coach. J.B. Bickerstaff is the interim coach. Yes. Good for him getting his first win. I root for him. He played for the Gophers late 90s, early 2000s. But this is going to sound like an overreaction because the Wolves are still on pace for 46 wins. They're 14-11. and 11. It's the best pace that they've been on. Since, well, in 14 years, since they made the playoffs in uh, 2003. Mm-hmm. But this team, aside from its vast talent on the court, is an absolute mess. They're poorly coached. They're disorganized. They look disinterested. Aside from Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, and Tyus Jones, those are the only three players who show a pulse, basically. Aside from that, everyone's sleepwalking. Everyone's, it's five guys, five cabs, five hotels. Tom Thibodeau went on a sabbatical after getting fired by the Bulls. Introspective learning journey, right? It, it was well publicized. He went, didn't yeah. he visit like the Warriors Pop, and Greg Popovich? Pop, he, he went to like six to eight teams. Going to take a year off, going to go visit other teams. He might have even visited coaches from other sports too. See how it's done. I'm going to soak things in, learn from what went wrong in Chicago, yep. and, and, and make sure that I cash in and do it right the second time around. But after 130 games now with the Timberwolves, if you were to craft a list of all the things that bother you about this Wolves team, that list matches almost exactly the list of narratives and stereotypes 
about Tom Thibodeau in Chicago and the realities about Tom Thibodeau in Chicago. Your list would include running starters into the ground, right? Check. Yep. The Wolves have five starters yes. in the top 40 most minutes played. A back-to-back with a flight in between. And these guys are still playing 35, 38, 40 minutes mm-hmm. in both games. They're exhausted by the end of the game. In fact, Jimmy Butler said a couple nights ago after they they won that game and he went beast mode in the fourth quarter and he said, like, we just got to work on our conditioning. No, Jimmy, you just don't need your coach playing everybody 40 minutes every single night. Let's keep going down the list here. Things that you would have looked at in Chicago and said, ah, you're going to want to fix that before your next stop, Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. How about disorganized, chaotic, isolation offense in the fourth quarter? Yep. Check. Did they have even one assist in the last five minutes of the game last night? It was just I, yeah, I don't, Jeff Teague dribbling for 20 did, seconds. One. Andrew Wiggins taking dumb shots. Yep. Jimmy Butler going hero mode for the last quarter of the game. How about how about this one? Players playing mostly joyless, uninspired basketball. Check. Everybody looks miserable. You could double check that one, actually. Yes. Go ahead and put Everybody, two checks by I mean, that one. they're above 500, and yet if you if you didn't know their record, just watch them play. If you're going to yes. rank all 30 teams based on how much fun you're having at your job, mm-hmm. they would rank 40th out of 30. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, we could keep going here, but how about uh, overbearing, obnoxious coach mannerisms during the two and a half hour game? Check. Yep. That applies here as well, just as it did in Chicago. It's only been a year and a half of Tom Thibodeau, but there are some incredible red flags, well, despite the fact that they're three games above 500, based solely on talent. And you want to give it more time because you you swore that you would, and and yet you see these things and you say to yourself, oh boy, that that looks bad. That looks bad. That looks bad. As you just said, here is my here is my biggest concern though, and this goes to the long term as well. And it's very simple. It involves only one player, Carl Anthony Towns. In 1983, as a 13-year-old North Star fan, Louis hired a coach. Bill Mahoney became the coach. And Mahoney was brought in because he could coach defense. Same style of coach, too. Was going to come in, was going to crack down, was a really good X's and O's tactician. So Bill was going to come in, and Bill was going to show the North Stars the way to play defensive, responsible hockey that was going to result in lots of wins and shut down teams, the high-flying teams of that era. Well, he had a player by the name of Bobby Smith, and Louis has told us before his greatest regret during his GM career with the North Stars was trading Bobby Smith, who was the top overall pick, if I'm not mistaken, in the 1978 draft. And Bobby basically came to him at some point in time and said, I can't play here. You've got to move me. And and he went so far, in his case, as to threaten to retire and go back to college. He said, if you don't trade me and you don't fire Bill, I can't play. I'm done. So Louis traded him. This, to me, with Carl Anthony Towns, strikes me as going down the same path. Now, I don't think for one second that Carl's going to threaten to retire from basketball, but I do think that he is going... He looks like he wants to Right, but that's the point. He also whines a lot, too. He's got got to check himself, too. He does. But what I'm saying is, he is, in my opinion, he is your most important player. And in my opinion, when you watch how this is working with him in particular, it's not working. He had seven points last night. They were all in the second quarter. Jim Pete himself said that Towns took a couple of very questionable shots late in that game because he just wants his shots. He's going to get his shots. And if those are good shots, that's great. And if he's mad, he's going to force those shots. My whole thing is, 
We can focus on all we want that's going wrong right now, but I come back to the long term of this. If this franchise is going to achieve the success that we've talked about, Towns is the linchpin. He's the most important piece. And if you alienate him to the point where he says, I'm done, I can't play for this guy, I have to move on, you are now back to square one. You have hit on the single most glaring tactical indictment of Tom Thibodeau as a coach. There's two different categories here. There are the tactical indictments, which you you hit on with Towns, and I'll I'll dive into that in a second. And then there's the more human motivational aspects. And I think if you're going to rank the things that are are the, the most important aspects of being a great coach in almost any sport, I think empowering and galvanizing people and the motivational aspect of coaching is number one by far. If you can't nail that aspect... And if you can't get a group of egos, young, old, talented, bench, scrap, whatever it is, if you can't get a group of people to buy into a message and buy into a philosophy and and experience joy going to work every day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that right there, if you can't achieve that as a coach, the X's and O's and the tactics do not matter. Mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau is failing at the first category right off the bat. These guys look absolutely miserable on the court. They're not playing together. They have 14 wins in 25 games based sheerly off talent. But what you just said about Carl Anthony Towns is the single biggest tactical red flag in the Tom Thibodeau era here. Last night was the was the culmination too. Seven points all in the second quarter. How about this? Three shot attempts through three quarters. That's ridiculous. Six shot attempts for the entire game. We're talking about one of the most efficient and versatile scorers in the NBA, does he lack on defense? Yes. Does he complain too much about officiating? Yes. Is he a little whiny sometimes? And yes. I'm not saying Carl Anthony Towns is flawless, but what he's great at, especially as such a young player, offensively, he can score from anywhere. Paint, he can pass out of double teams. Every single possession should run through Carl Anthony Towns. And that dude had three shot attempts remarkable. through three quarters last night. Meanwhile, Andrew Wiggins, who's one of the least efficient scorers in the NBA, has free reign to take as many dumb 20-footers as he wants. I mean, it is like just for, you you could pick this apart just from a tactical standpoint. What are they doing and what are their priorities? Mm-hmm. And how in God's name are they still 14 and 11 despite no organization? The fourth quarter, if you were to watch the fourth quarter, they didn't run any plays. It was Jimmy Butler over yes. two defenders. Trying to score. Split. I mean, it was like it and was playground basketball. That and because it. they have so much talent on the court, right. they're still going to win 40 or 45 games, although their schedule gets pretty. But they start playing like loaded Cavs, Rockets teams coming up pretty soon here, Golden State. But your long term concern here is you cannot alienate towns. And and your real concern is this one. And and I, I think that we could both say that, that when Tibbs Tibbs was brought aboard, we both endorsed it big time. So this is not saying that this is not going back now and saying oh, that agreed. we didn't endorse it. If this but, turns out to be the way but, it is, it, we're, we were wrong. Here's obviously, your, but here's your problem right now: there are no checks and balances here. Tibbs is the president of basketball operations as well. There's no GM. There's no one who, who can come down and say. Uh, Tom, we got to talk. Well, other there's, than there's one guy, other than and he's Glenn the Taylor. worst owner in professional sports. And do you for really want twenty five? And do you yeah. really want to go there? Do you really think that Glenn Taylor is going to come down and say, you know what? I'm seeing philosophical yeah. problems here. Actually, I said he was the he's one of the five or six worst owners in the four major team sports in this country the last twenty five years. There was the Donald Sterling Clippers guy. He's he's, oh, yeah, in, he's he on that saw. list. 
I think you put any number of Browns and Lions groups on that list. But Get your Dan Snyders. But Dan Snyder teams actually, at least once in a while, will stumble on playoffs. He's crazed, though. That's true. But, but Glenn Taylor's in that conversation but, but of my, five or ten. But my yeah. point my point is the only person that can come down to, to Thibodeau and say, Tom, we got to talk, is Glenn Taylor. There's no executive there who can say, and and your problem now is what happens when Towns and his people go to the Wolves and say, this is unworkable. It's, so. it's, it's crazy because, again, they're going to make the playoffs at this pace, although they've beefed up their win total. They, you know, they beat the Spurs, but the Spurs didn't have Kawhi Leonard, so they're... They're going to play a lot tougher team starting in January and then into February. So it's not a guarantee that if they keep looking like this and they keep looking miserable and they only have an eight-man rotation, I know B Elites of being out hurts them, but you can't keep Shabazz playing your starters. Play Shabazz is just out. Dude, it he is. He does not play. You're telling me, so if you're a top coach who empowers people and and you've identified Shabazz Muhammad as also the president of basketball operations, as a guy worth putting on your roster. Worth bringing back. You can't get five minutes. No. You can't get five minutes out of Shabazz Muhammad to give Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler a breather, to, to make them less exhausted at the end of the fourth quarter. That's egregious. This is actually worth probably a conversation about why it becomes so dangerous to give ultimate power to one person. Why This is the danger. Because if you go down this path now and you do have a coach who says, I'm going to win basketball games and here's how, and they they might win and they might not win, but if this is their plan and they have ultimate power, it becomes incredibly dangerous. It's um I mean it's I your club, we so. were it is my club. I it's know I've, more I've, your club I've, than my club. I've staking uh state claim. I, so, I, I think at the time of the hiring, and again, like the polarizing thing here is it's so early still. But the fact that they look this miserable and they look this disorganized and they can't and, they're, and right. they're allowing 108 points per game, well, you know, it's not too early to say that this isn't working. Now, do I think Tom Thibodeau is nimble enough and open-minded enough and capable of like Tom Coughlin did at one point with the Giants and he was a hard-nosed guy for a long time? Mm-hmm. Is he able to maybe do some self-evaluation and find a different way to connect with this team and bring them together? I don't think he is. To, That's the problem. But to the point that you brought up before, he went to a bunch of different teams and a bunch of really smart to brilliant coaches, and he didn't change really. It's That's, like, did he only pull X's thing. and O's? If you I mean, if you go to Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich is, I, I would gauge him to be a brilliant head coach. Like, he knows exactly how to uh, use people. He knows exactly how to get the most from people. How do you walk away from, let's say, a week with Popovich and not be like, oh, that's a real, yeah. you know what, I'm doing this wrong. And Greg Popovich is a master tactician and a master motivator. I don't doubt that Tom, I think a lot of people are saying, well, Tom Thibodeau's defensive principles are outdated. I don't know if that's true. I still give him credit for being a master basketball tactician, at least defensively. Like, let's let's give him that. Okay, we could debate that. Let's give him that. It doesn't matter if you can't empower people. You know, Brad. The, the world is full of Brad Childresses and Ben McAdoo's and guys who are brilliant X's and O's coaches, but can't connect with a group of adults, right? Can't connect with a group right. of 22, 30-year-olds, talented guys, role players, and bring them all together. Right. I mean, that the world is full of those guys. So it, at this point, if the players aren't gelling, yep. you can either blame the players and say, well, Carl Anthony Towns, like, he doesn't play defense and he's whiny. Well... As a fan, you can do that. As a coach, it's your job 
to squeeze as much toothpaste out of the tube as you possibly can. And um, but how but how does Cat have seven points? How does he have uh, three shots for that extent? How attempts? does that happen? That dude should take twenty shots every night, and they should all be very much diagrammed. Every play should run through him. I was going to say, if they're going to double you, then he then he'll pass he's out the, successfully. He's the type of talent where everything you do should be thought. How how is this going to keep the, this guy? happy as possible because we want him around as long we want him to be here for as long well, as possible but even like beyond that forget about the happy thing how about just like do the thing that helps you win the most sure, games but I'm, and getting Carl Anthony Towns the ball offensively helps point, you win games but my point is if this is down the road eventually going to be a championship team Carl Anthony oh, Towns playoffs. has to has to be an incredibly happy guy who's going to be the guy that leads your team, not a guy. He looks he looks more surly this year than I've ever seen him before. The last two years, he looked like it was fun. He looks like he is, to your point, miserable right now. Yeah. Hey, they're 14 and 11. <laughs> it is interesting to watch. Uh, let's come Don't back. Mahoney, man. Matthew Collar has been live tweeting from Stop Traffic, so we're either going to get him in studio or maybe we can just get him on the phone to rant about whatever he wants. He's saying, hey, I'm from Buffalo, New York, Yes, and our traffic is fine after two inches of snow. Yes. What's wrong with There's your traffic? There's one major flaw here, though. There is one huge flaw. Collar's full of BS on this. So we'll talk traffic for the next hour and Vikings. I'm going to bring that up. Mackie and Judd now continue. Wow, just what I've always wanted. On 15 ESPN. <laughs> All right, you young Timberwolves. Ready to start developing? I'd say we are. Yeah, let's start winning. Okay, Carl. Okay. Okay, Wiggins. Okay. Okay, Levine. Levine. Levine! Okay. Playoff basketball is near. If we play some D this year, we've been bad, but this won't last. Hurry, defense, hurry fast. Tiff tells us defend the hoop. Me, I want an alley oop. We can hardly stand the weight. Please, defense, don't be late. Okay, fellas. Now, you're still giving up 110 points per game defensively, but I am starting to see some improvement. Your three-point shot has improved quite a bit, Wiggins. Naturally. And Carl, man, I'm impressed by some of your low post moves, especially against those veteran big men. Keep up the good work. <laughs> now, Levine, I gotta be honest, you have to start playing some better pick-and-roll defense. You hear me, Levine? Levine. Levine! Okay! Tip tells us defend the hoop. I still want an alley-oop. We can hardly stand the weight. Please defense, don't be late. We can hardly stand the weight. Please defense, don't be Ah, uh, yes. A classic off Songs by the U-Log, Volume 2. Volume 3 will be released next week. In fact, uh, Judd Zolgad just recorded a special track for Volume 3 this <laughs> yes, morning. Yes, I did. Went right in the studio. It was fantastic yes. stuff. 
Uh, only took two takes, and uh, the first take was fine. It was more of an audio issue, so it wasn't you. It was well, it was our microphones. Thank you very problem. much. Yes. Appreciate that. Uh, songs by the U-Log, Volume Three, to to hit on Monday on the Mackie and Judd show. Your guy Wiggins, the last two games from the field. How about this? Ten for thirty-two. That's pretty standard. Ten for thirty-two. That's six of seventeen last night. Pretty standard. He was four for fifteen against the uh, Clippers on Sunday. Uh, Twenty-four yeah, points. I am. So the first segment was more about Tom Thibodeau and the leadership. This team has a huge leadership void right now. And there's only one guy from president of basketball operations to coach. It's the same guy who can fix that void unless Glenn Taylor needs to fix it at some point. If we could get down to the player level here, Andrew Wiggins, I know I've been hard on him since day one. And whether it's you or the thousands of people who keep hitting me up on Twitter over the years, you're being too hard on a young player. He's only 19. He's only 20. He's only 21. Now he's only 22. I am done with Andrew Wiggins. Done. Are you done? You're, so you're completely am, out now. I'm out on Andrew Wiggins as a key franchise player, which is what he's being paid like right now, mind you. Mm-hmm. He makes $25 million a year based on the contract he just signed a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So especially now that he makes money, I'm done. He doesn't rebound still. He doesn't distribute still. He had eight rebounds season high a couple games ago. And we gave him a standing ovation for finding eight rebounds. The dude is six foot eight and jumps out of the gym and one time grabbed eight rebounds in one of the 25 games this year. He's played 300 career games in the NBA. I think it's okay to be critical of a former number one overall pick. He still can't shoot. He shoots like 31% from beyond 16 feet. And yet, all he takes are shots beyond 16 feet. Mm -hmm. He lacks all self-awareness as a basketball player. He ranks about 200th in the NBA in effective field goal percentage, which highlights how efficient you are as a scorer. And with that contract and no improvement, he's a franchise-killing player in a salary cap league. I am super comfortable saying all of those things about Andrew Wiggins, and the Wolves should explore trading him as soon as they can before everybody else... Loses hope on him in the future. If you're done, I'm done with Andrew Wiggins if you're as a top player on a playoff team. Done? Are you just gonna? But at this point in time, if you take him to market, you're not going to get back what you want. You know, somebody. It's possible at the, well with his contract. Yeah, it's possible somebody might still see some. We can we can save you value there. Now, if Wiggins, it's all relative. If Wiggins was making a lot less money and was like your sixth man scoring punch off the bench, like a Jamal Crawford type player, okay. Sure, and I also have two or three superstars who are the you know the meat and potatoes of my team, but Andrew Wiggins with his contract and with how often he shoots and with how much he's featured near the end of games and how many minutes he plays, yep, he's being treated like the savior of the franchise. And I got news, he hasn't improved a lick in four years. He's not on the trajectory of a superstar player. It's not going to happen. Here's what I'd like to know: the Jimmy Butler factor here. Jimmy Butler was brought here, I think, very specifically uh, to not only be very effective on the court, but be the conduit sort of between Tibbs and Wiggins and Towns and that group. And it seemed like he really, really tried that for the first month plus, probably, distributing the ball a ton, not trying to shoot too much. And now it seems like we're going to a place where Jimmy Butler's decided, bleep it. I'm just going to shoot. And furthermore, though, here's my concern. I thought Butler would sort of draw guys out a little bit, and I thought we'd start to see more of what Tibbs 
wanted installed via Butler's sort of coaching himself. I'm not seeing that right now. So my concern in the coming weeks and month months would be this. Are we looking at a situation where Butler's starting to get frustrated himself? And it might not even oh, be a yes. but but it might not be a tips. Like but Butler is wound super, super tight. And Butler, I think, loves to play as much as possible. And Butler loves to play defense. And I think Butler has an idea of what this game should be. And when you're dealing with uh, potential up-and-coming superstars playing beside you, and those guys don't see the game the same way you do, I think there's a fighting chance that you start to say, what the bleep is wrong with you two? So I'm curious. Are we going in, in a, a direction? A fighting chance? Well, look at the last two games. So, he right, has basically but, he, he's okay, walled out his two teammates. Games. What I'm saying is, are we starting to see a long-term issue where this basically becomes, instead of Butler being the conduit between Tibbs and Cat and Wiggins, where this becomes more of a... You know what, Tibbs? I'm with you, and I really don't enjoy playing with these two that much, which means it goes from being a potentially really advantageous situation with Jimmy and those two to being an adversarial one. It feels toxic from the outside looking in when Jimmy Butler is mumbling under his breath and rolling his eyes at teammates and just... And it's fun watching him go into bleep it mode because he's really good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he 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 scored 20 points in the fourth quarter a couple nights ago. You know, he... You know, he jacks up these terrible shots, but in his mind, he's thinking, all right, I'm the Energizer Bunny, and I'm playing at a speed, and I, and I have conditioning that goes way beyond any of these other guys. I can play an hour if I need to tonight. And and I I think he's you, – you nailed it. Early in the year, he was trying to be the facilitator, get everyone, all, get, get everyone feeling good. Um, offensively, it worked a little bit more. They were actually pretty efficient offensively early in the year. But he's looking around the room now. And guys are getting tired, and I blame that on Tom Thibodeau. Play your bench, figure it out. You've had two. You've had a year and a half to put together a decent bench that you yeah. trust. At, and on a back to back, yeah, that was you inexcusable last night. Find ways to sprinkle guys in. Yep. Uh, but Butler is basically walling guys out now in the fourth quarter and just taking matters into his own hands. So it's um, the game last week uh, at home when when Towns for about the fifth time stopped playing and started to complain about a non foul call. And he yelled at him, and Butler said. Start playing. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, you know, I, it's, th- this is, there's a lot of gray area here because if you just watch how hard Jimmy Butler plays, even though he goes into sort of hero selfish mode, which isn't the most productive thing to be happening on the court, if you just watch how hard he plays every minute he's out there and then compare that level of play and conditioning and want to to Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, and it's not close. He's making those guys look really bad and lazy and disengaged by just being himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that frustrates him mm-hmm. when you look around an office at work or whatever and you know that you're busting your ass and you know that there's another level for all of your coworkers to get to. Um, like that's what's happening well, and you're conv- with him right now. And you're convinced that the example that you set through your play can get them there. And that's not necessarily going to be true. And so I think I think his frustration in Chicago last year and now this is either based on on you don't have the talent to do what I do, which is one thing, or you do. It's not that, and you're just not right. No, this is you do have the talent. You're not applying yourself. And I think for a period of time, Butler was of the mindset of okay, I'll do this. You watch it, and and then start to follow along. And now he's like. 
okay, you're not doing yeah. that, so I'm going to take things into my own hands, which is going to become counterproductive, or uh, has become counterproductive. We'll take uh, your reactions throughout the show here, uh, where you stand with the Timberwolves, who are, they are on pace to win 45 or 46 games based on their 14 and 11 start. It sure doesn't look right, though. But it just, yeah, it looks off. Just a couple reactions here, one from Darren to Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Only the Wolves can improve their team and, and only become more unwatchable and frustrating. <laughs> Uh, and then I saw this tweet from at Floyding on the Twitterverse here. My favorite team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, finally have a winning record and are on pace to make the postseason. And I cannot stand watching them play. <laughs> Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas. But that's to the Timberwolves. so accurate. I know. They it's look miserable. So I've seen it before. They look miserable. All right. Let's uh, Matthew Collar. I just talked to somebody in the hallway here from KS95. I think it was Darren from KS95. Yeah. Left Maple Grove at seven o'clock. And just got to the studio here at 9.15. So, yeah. So, A lot of you guys are listening in your cars on your way to work, and you've been sitting there for two hours, and we're going to keep you engaged and entertained. Matthew Collar left from, is it Richfield now? Yeah, he's in Richfield. At 8.15 to talk Vikings with us at 9.15. He's been sitting in traffic, basically, the entire time. So, uh, let's talk some Vikings with him. And you have to explain to him, he's missing something on this traffic front, though. He's all mad that... Every time yeah. it snows in Minnesota, this is not the norm, and there's a reason for it. Yep. Uh, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zogad. Don't you like to see these two blood Absolutely. Oh, yeah. scumbags going after each other? Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. No thoughts. We've got four games left. Our only thoughts are about the Carolina Panthers and uh, trying to get a win this week. Um, you know, and all that stuff is nice to talk about for you guys to talk about, but for us, we don't talk about it. We just go about our business. Well, nice of Matthew Collar to show up in studio today. Hi, Collar. Excuse me. Hey, look, <laughs> I have been through war here on the roads, all right? I don't want any disrespect. You know, hold on a second here. Last year when you started here, you came in late one day after it snowed a little bit, and you said, what's wrong with these people? And I always, and I told you at the time, the first snow of the year, no one knows how to drive, and because of that, it takes you hours to get places. And now you're complaining about the same thing. This is Minnesota, man. We forget all we know about driving in snow until snow number two. All right, well, what I discovered, I can report that uh, there was a tractor trailer that didn't make it over a little hump, and that's why we were all stuck. But I would say there's also a lane closed. Why is there a lane closed in December? How does that happen? I mean, I guys, I wasn't even moving for probably 20, 25 minutes. I started to lose hope. I renamed a basketball Mike Zimmer, and I started asking it questions about the double-A gap blitz. I was looking a at other drivers and seeing which ones might be the most delicious if we have to eat each other. I mean, it was getting bad there, but I, I, I'm finally, I am finally past it and finally moving. And then, uh, you know, we can move we can move on to Carolina and away from this ugliness. Uh, Donner party of seven. Donner party of seven. Donner party of six. One liver to go, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just a liver. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was the actual. Minnesotan driving that was the problem. I think that it was caused by a tractor trailer here and then another tractor trailer on another road that forced people onto 35W. It's just a disaster. But, I mean, that's, that is twice now where it's been like an inch of snow and I've been stuck for 
an hour or more on a five mile drive. Just a, it just seems unfathomable. You know, I think uh, if I'm you're, okay. I'm okay. If you're coming from the South Metro, there, I think uh, right around the uh, the 494 uh, 35W area, there are some stops to get chains on your tires for next time. So uh, <laughs> right next to that Best Buy corporate headquarters, there's a there's a place you can get chains on your car. You're good then. I could be one of those nut jobs that has a bicycle and is riding it when it's like minus 25 and still doesn't stop at the stop signs. The bicycle people, I, I don't, that's, I'm, I'm cool with the bicycle people, but why don't they stop at the stop signs? I'm with you on that. The it's rules awesome. don't apply, and I have no idea why, because they're supposed to apply. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it is, uh, it is weird. But, but here, here's the one thing where you're right. The, the mandate should be this. MnDOT, November 1st, you're done. Your projects are all done. Clear your crap out and go home until the spring. I don't want to see another project from MnDOT after November 1st. Because once it does snow, Collar, this, that drives me absolutely crazy. Why are they doing projects right now? Right, because you have a tractor trailer on one side yep. that uh, was holding up, and then you have a lane closure on another side. It was almost like Chris Christie designed this uh, plan for this morning. <laughs> Very good. Hey, oh, I've been thinking of jokes on my way in. Clearly. Uh, you should go follow Keep Matthew writing. Collar's live. I, it's definitely illegal to, uh, not illegal, it's illegal, right? Is it illegal to tweet and or uh, or text and drive? Oh, or is yeah. it just yeah, strongly discouraged? So. Okay. Uh, I, I was not driving. I was just sitting there. Correct. I wasn't moving. So it's, it's less illegal because you were stopped for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like being drunk yeah, behind I, the well, wheel, even if you're in a parking lot. Still sure. can't do it. Sure. But I also figured, how would a cop ever get to me to give me a ticket? This is we solid. Moving. Good yeah. logic. You're in a good spot there. I like it, Kyle. Uh, so, uh, on-air production meeting, we have John Randall coming in at 10 o'clock. Do you want to hang around uh, when you get here eventually and just talk some Vikings at 11 o'clock with us? Yes. Yes, I will. If I get there by 11. If not, I'll discuss <laughs> it uh, with the basketball. All right. God bless you. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right. Bye. Matthew Collar. He's, uh, he's gathering supplies. He's scouting the, Island, the, man. the plump drivers around him to see if he needs to start going down her family. Every every year, though, this is going to be one of those guys who can't figure out that when it snows for the first time, traffic's not going to move. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you watched the whole Monday Night Football game last night. I ducked in and out, and every time I, did the same. I ducked in, there was a stretcher on the field or some catastrophic situation. On second and five, plenty of time for Dalton. We're short of the first down on the catch by the rookie. Josh Malone, fourth-round pick out of Tennessee. And Ryan Shazier, the leader of this Pittsburgh defense, is not getting up. After I seen the replay, I think I think I should have held back a little bit more uh, and just, you know, from blocking him. Hey, sure, I got straight cash on him. Also, I also believe that that's not me. You know, I should never stop him. I apologize for that. And it's called with that, karma. With that, with that being said, um, it's called I hope karma. he gets better. The first one was the Shazir hit. The second one was Juju Smith-Schuster, yes. who went absolutely. It was it was one of those sort of borderline crackback. Yes, it used to on be Vontez perfect. It used to be the norm, and now it, it's going to get him probably five. Yeah, and Antonio. So just to tie this all together. Juju Smith-Schuster lays out Vontez Perfect, and he's going to get fired. Then he stands over him like a boxer and taunts him, gets a 15-yard penalty. Well, Antonio Brown was the one who almost got decapitated in that playoff game, was it last year? Yes. By Vontez Perfect when the Bengals melted down. Or it was two years ago. When the Bengals melted down, had two 15-yard penalties that put the Steelers in field goal range to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, later on in the game last night, 
Antonio Brown catches a touchdown pass. He gets rung helmet to face mask. Yes. And and that wound up being a penalty. But that was so uncomfortable. That, that used to be when, when they had jacked up segments on Monday Night Countdown. Yeah. It used to be, oh, we highlight these hits. And now there's three or four of them that you just don't see as much in the NFL anymore. And it was uh, it was pretty bad. Why are the Bengals? Well, I, I shouldn't say why. I know why. But the Bengals are always involved in this crap now, too. The Bengals are always, every time it seems like that that we've got a game, and it's Pittsburgh lots of times, but every time we've got a game like this, it's the Bengals. They're undisciplined. I don't get the Bengals. How in God's name I don't does know. Marvin Lewis still have a job coaching that team? He's been there for 15 seasons. I don't know. And he's never won a playoff game. And they've largely had big-time arrest numbers throughout the 15 years he's been there, if not off-the-field problems, on the field, boneheaded, fifteen-yard penalties, guys headhunting. Why is he still? Why I, is he the second longest tenured coach in the NFL behind Bill Belichick? Uh, it's be, so ridiculous. Because I think uh, that Paul Brown, who owns the Bengals, joins the the list that uh, you brought up earlier in the show that Glenn Taylor's on. I really do. I don't think they're well run, and they've had some success. But what's it what's it going to take as far as discipline and smart football goes for someone to come along and say, you know what? The Cincinnati Bengals haven't played a smart game in probably a good 10 years. Yeah. I don't get it. But they are always involved in this stuff. Always. It seems yeah. like they are in the middle of it every single time. Like it's one thing they're 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 the uh they're like the bizarro Seahawks and that they're gonna have they have guys who speak out, they're emotional, they base their success when they have it off of good defense. But the difference is ordinarily, except for that one interception in the end zone in the Super Bowl. The Seahawks are playing better in the fourth quarter. The Seahawks are in those clutch moments. They they tighten things up. They don't take the penalties to lose them games. The Bengals are the opposite. So when you're that emotional and you're that off off the you know when you're that unhinged mm-hmm. and you don't have success to sort of go along with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say the Steelers are a little bit. They're sometimes they get kind of crazy where like sure their head do. coach yes. is tripping a punt returner and stuff. Yep. No, they do. But they pay it off with wins in the end. Mm-hmm. The Bengals don't even pay it off with wins. They just get beat every single time. Explain this to me, though. How how is this league one where we have flags being thrown constantly now? Right? I mean, we got more penalties, and Dave Dave went through rules that we had no clue because they're so obscure and weird. How do you not have a system that when that in a league where CTE is a huge concern, and you're being sued, and you're trying to protect people constantly, you don't have the ability, or you don't you don't eject guys? I don't understand that. I think you can do it. College, you can. But if I, if you catch a ball and I fly across basically laying out with my helmet and I hit you helmet to helmet, how on God's green earth am I not ejected? Sometimes you are. And just to, I No, mean, but just, I mean, last night, last night that hit on Brown just begged for an immediate ejection. Yeah, especially it's kind of like in baseball where, all right, we'll let you, you know, you'll get away with hitting a batter yes. once in a while. But if it's boom, boom, boom. You're gone. Even if you accidentally throw a curveball that goes behind somebody because the ball slipped out of your hand, if three other guys have been plunked and there's been a couple bench-clearing brawls, sorry, dude, you're out too. Yes. That hit on Antonio Brown in the fourth quarter in the end zone, absolutely. There was nothing about that 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 was like, oh, that might be that. We we might have missed seen. No, you didn't miss see that. Uh, Here was John Gruden on the Smith-Schuster hit on Vontez Burfecht. It's a peel-back block, and that's going to be a fine, and that's going to be 
That's ridiculous. You know, you, you, you spend a lot of time on education on all, what's on legal line. and what isn't. I don't know what you need to do to get ejected from a football game. Penalty like that and then a taunting penalty on top of it. That's bad football. Bad for the game. Yeah, that was... Uh... And then Ben Roethlisberger after the game, Lisa Salters oh, interviewed him and not, said, "That was not good." And said, yep. uh, "Man, what did you think of? You know, guys were getting carted off." And he goes, "AFC North football." And you've got and a, just stares at her. And you've got a teammate in the hospital who might be paralyzed. AFC North football. It sounds like he's going to turn out to be okay. Yeah, but, but at the time of that interview, right. yeah. But I'm saying that sounded to me that sounded really, really tone deaf. Yeah. Uh, Mackie and Judd, John Randall expected to come in studio and hang out with us early in the ten o'clock hour. Hall of Famer. I just made my first trip to his restaurant downtown Minneapolis a couple it's nights good. ago. Super fun. So we'll catch up with an NFL Hall of Famer, Vikings legend, in the 10 o'clock. We'll get Matthew Collar in here from Apocalyptic Traffic. The he talk Vikings. By. He's here now. Okay, in like an hour and plenty more on what we saw with the Timberwolves last night. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Put on your big boy pants and let's go. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Boys, we got a new football coach in town. I'm sure excited about this one. Yeah, defense should be good. Yeah, clock management might be a little bit of a problem, but we can work on that. No need to sweat the details. I tell you what, I believe in him. Tracy Clays, he's going to be a good one. You better watch out. We got a new guy. Runs motion at the goal line and bleeds the clock dry. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Woo! He used to assist. His defense was grand. He's got a girl's name now. Tracy's the man. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Oh, yeah. A close game against Michigan. Covered at Ohio State. He almost upset Iowa. Moral victories sure are great. Moral victories sure are great. You better watch out. We got a new guy. Runs motion at the goal line and bleeds the clock dry. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Tracy Clays is coming to town. Ah, yes, a classic off. I believe that's track one, or no, maybe track two off. It was early. Volume I think one. Jolly, uh, Jolly uh, Miguel Sano. Sano let it Sano. Let it Sano. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jolly young Miguel Sano was volume two. Yes, it was. So confused. Yeah. <laughs> so many now. There's oh, such man. a big collection. It uh, really is. White catalog. Album-like. Songs by Anthology. the Ulogy. Volume three <laughs> will uh, will be unveiled song by song starting on Monday of next week. The album art is done. The cover is done. And uh, we will have those songs available. I like the cover this year. It's a, I, it's a deviation I, oh, from previous covers. Most definitely, but I... Yeah. It's very I, fitting. I think it shows, as a group, how we're evolving, though. Like, we're we're getting more of um, an edge to us. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's artsy, too. Yeah. It's no, very I'm artistic. Just, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's no longer just the, oh, boring Christmas. I, I really like it. We too. could have thrown ourselves on the cover again, but it's not about us. It really isn't. It's the people. Yes, it's always about the and people. And we're so we famous, do too, now. People. You don't yeah. need to see us. You know who we are. <laughs> yeah. uh, tweet from Gunner here, loyal listener to the show. 
Angry tweet from Gunner. <laughs> Why don't you do a poll about your U-Log songs? I listen to you guys to be entertained and get sports takes, not listen to songs. I'd listen to K-Fan if I wanted that poop emoji. I'm loyal, but that only goes so far. All right, let's post a poll right, to that's fair. the 1500 ESPN Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Uh, phrase it however you want. Something like, do you enjoy Mackie and Judd's songs by the U-Log? Uh, four answers. Yes, they are hilarious. Uh, B, uh, or no, they are terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are songs by the U-Log? And then the fourth option can just be, who are Mackie and Judd? I think we know which will be the winner. Who are Mackie and Judd? I think four is going to really, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and it is up. All right, there it is. Uh, Twitter.com slash 1500 ESPN. Gunner's been surly lately. That's all I know. Listen, Gunner. I thought he used to be a big fan, but lately, I, he was mad at you last week. You did something. I don't even remember now what you did, but he threatened. Yeah, I can't remember. He th- opened his stupid mouth. He was going to quit listening to the show for that day or the rest of the week, and now he doesn't like songs by the Yule Log. I mean. Listen, how can you not enjoy sorry. a good song by the Yule Log? How can you not enjoy a good Tracy you. Clay's ballad in this holiday season? Snow's on the ground. Yes. Nice little holiday cocktail in your hand by the fireplace. A little Tom and Jerry, perhaps. Let it snow, ringing in the background with friends and family. I mean, don't be a Grinch, Gunner. Yeah, Put Gunner, a smile on that on, face. Come on, man. It's fun. Put a smile on that face. We've got a song about the Grinch. Maybe we'll hit that later. <laughs> we oh, should. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> when we get John Randall in here, instead of asking him questions, should we just play songs by the U-Log and get his reactions to each one of them? <laughs> How would that go over? Not well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. 15 minutes in. No, you got to hear the Wiggins one. <laughs> Gunner would be very upset. And so this is Wiggins. Gunner would be very upset. What have you, you done? done? Another year. <laughs> oh, that's that's. I got to go back on that song. Uh, the now. early poll results. Yep. Uh, the majority of people are saying, "Who are Mackie and Judd?" That's I knew that one would win out. <laughs> and they're not kidding. Uh, they're not even being mean. They just have no idea who we are. No. Um, so you can vote on that. Fifteen hundred ESPN Twitter account. John Randall. Traffic is apparently it's taking everyone seven hours to get to work today. So as Dave said, it's the ice below the snow that's throwing the curveball yeah. today. And semi trucks can't get up these hills, and so they're jackknifing. And mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, John Randall is scheduled to join us here in studio if traffic will obey in the next half hour. Hopefully, closer to ten o'clock. But we'll keep you posted on that. Catch up with the Hall of Famer. Uh, You know, TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand, and they are the official broadcast studio partner, I guess, of 1500 ESPN, if I could phrase that uh, terribly. But we love the 4K picture quality on this 55-inch Roku TV in our studio. Uh, We love the built-in Roku device with these TCL TVs because it gives us access to all kinds of streaming platforms like you know, watch ESPN. You get access to Fox Sports Go, access to WWE Network. If you're a sports fan and you're not watching sports on a TCL TV, you're missing out on a top-level experience. There's a reason why TCL is one of the biggest and brightest TV companies in the world now and why, like I said, it's America's fastest-growing TV brand. So if you're looking for a big splash gift for that sports fan in your family, son, daughter, whatever it may be, Go surprise them with a massive TCL Roku TV with 4K picture quality Mackie and Judd.